freemusic.com. Hello and welcome to the Hack Inc. podcast. Uh, we're a business and we deal in hacktile takeovers. That's the best one I can think of. It's true. Um, That's all true. Yeah. <laughs> this is Gareth Lyons and you might have heard there, this, I'm joined today by John Walsh. Hello. Great to be here. Hello. Or Eyepatch Wolf, would you be called? Go by that? Yep. People okay. people call me Eyepatch Wolf sometimes. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Today we're going to, uh, people might remember John from his uh, his famous YouTube video. I, I, sorry, for some reason I always get it mixed up, the one word mixed up in it. But it's like the death of the Simpsons. Or the is fall it? of the Simpsons. God damn it. How it happened. Every yeah. single time I was like, oh, he's just, it's like the decline of the Simpsons. The death of the Simpsons. You know, I just keep getting that one word I think I actually did write wrong. the decline of the Simpsons and I was like, you know what? Yeah. That's right, fall. Fuck's sake. Why that really annoys me now that I got that wrong. Um, yeah, but that was a, a great video and um, I felt like no better person to get on to talk about the Simpsons foray into Ireland, coming to Ireland. So we'll talk about that later in the episode. Um, though in reality, we've already talked we about have, it. We have, yeah, this is an illusion, yeah. everybody. Ed- editing and trickery has made it so that we've already <laughs> talked about the episode. Uh, but you'll hear about it later. So yes, uh, John, do you want to give me a little bit of your background in animation? And, sure. Um, yeah. I went to animation college in IADT mm-hmm. and um, I really liked my time there. I really did. You know, I, you know, there's a lot you could complain about, but generally like a lot of the people I met there and even just the opportunities to like, you know, be around animators and be always con- like creating. I felt like it was a really good like, competitive collaborative thing that i really gained a lot Mm. out of and then i spent about five six years working in the animation industry and eventually i started posting videos to the internet and accidentally became a full-time youtuber oh great Mm -hmm. and then what type of stuff would you um like is it like reviews or essays and discursive stuff on youtube um i guess they're more kind of essays like generally like from my kind of point of view i just talk about stuff i want to talk about and like kind of people want to categorize it different ways i don't really have a problem with Mm. you know whatever people want to say it is but um i guess like a lot of my stuff's been quite can be kind of nostalgic i like to look back on things and look at like how i saw it then and how i see it now and all that kind of stuff and like um that was the it's funny, like, with the Simpsons episode, I feel like that's a video I was writing since I was about 12. Yeah. I can yeah. always remember the first time Tony Blair... Oh, my God. ...flew I... into the Simpsons on a jetpack, and he was like, I'm Tony Blair. That was it now. for me as yeah. well. And I remember just sitting there thinking, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, that wasn't funny. That wasn't anything. And, like, I felt like I had been kind of letting that stew for so long. Mm. And that eventually turned into the fall of the Simpsons, which is, like... I think think my biggest I think that's actually the most viewed Simpsons video on the internet. Wow. Which is real really pissed off Al Jean, which Really? Oh yeah. Did yeah. Al Jean say something? Yeah, someone tweeted at him and he was like, um Oh, I can't remember what it was something it was something like uh wasn't very in-depth. Don't know when the last time this guy watched The Simpsons was. Uh well, I mean, why would you continue to watch a <laughs> fucking I I don't know. But well, that's yeah. I mean, I, I guess because uh, you, you just reminded me. You told me years ago that you were in um, Annecy and you bumped into Matt Groening. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. And I just remember that you were you went up. You well, sorry, you can tell the story. I didn't yeah, know. no, I went up to Matt yeah. Groening and uh, he was lovely. He was really nice, and I was like, it's okay if I get a photo, and I got a photo with him and everything. And uh, 
I was like, you know, sorry, I, you know, hope not like gushing too much. Just, you know, Simpsons was such a big thing for me. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. It's much better than people saying The Simpsons is terrible yeah, now. Exactly. And I felt yeah. real bad for the yeah. guy. And then I went on to make an extremely critical video <laughs> of his series. And that's the other thing is funny is that like, yeah, like they must just hear it all the time at this stage, you know, just that like, I mean, it's hard to have too much. I mean, to be honest with Matt Groening, I have a lot more sympathy than like people who might have like a, an incredibly active part and role in the show now. Well, the thing you about know? Matt Groening is like he left... And while he was there, he got into the disputes with the other executive producers yeah. over, like, keeping it legit. Yeah. Like, do you know him and... Oh, um, there's the three guys who are always at the top end of the Simpsons credits. Oh, one. right. Um, at, like, till present day or what? Um, yeah, you still see them at the start of every episode. It's it like Matt James Grading, L. Brooks. James L. Brooks. Uh, he got in a big dispute with James L. Brooks over a Stars Burns... Oh, yeah, yeah, because I remember that. Because that's the one, I think it's the crossover with, with the, the critic. critic and yeah. he hated that. Yeah. He just thought it was like real, like, like I guess kind of a way of cross-promotion and he didn't want that. Yeah. Um, I can kind of respect it. It's funny that A Star is Burned is actually like a really good episode though as well. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Is, totally. Which is like, because, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I didn't at the time... I didn't know who the critic was or the yeah. character. Oh, it's still a great episode, but yeah. you still had, like, I think that's around season seven. Yeah. And you're still talking, like, yeah. those are, like, the Money Simpsons episodes. Like, yeah, they're yeah. still great. Um, yeah, no, I heard about disputes like that. And then, yeah, I guess I guess around that time then, he must have kind of... I suppose with Futurama was coming around soon, so yeah. he probably would have gotten a lot of his attention diverted and kind of like, you know what, fuck it, I have two shows, so yeah. don't really need to pay too much attention anymore. And then, like, you know, Futurama was fantastic. Futurama I mean, like, was great. You know, not yeah. every episode is great. A lot of them are. Yeah. Like, and there's some episodes that I think are even, like, they really take some chances that you never saw on mm. The Simpsons, like... Um, this episode where Fry gets stung by the crazy wasp. Oh yeah, that was mad. Yeah, and then this one about Fry's dog as well. Yeah, that's a real brilliant. Yeah. And it's a, but I mean they also also they can do a lot more with the uh, the sci-fi kind of premise of it. Um but like yeah, and then but we you know um what did, did you watch much of Disenchantment or Disenchantment? I watched the first 3 episodes. I think. Yeah. I didn't think it was awful. Yeah. But I definitely felt like you know what? In a season or two, this could be pretty good. Really? Because I feel that a lot with sitcoms. I think mm. like you need to give them time to stew. You go back and watch the first season of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, it is terrible. Yeah, really yeah. bad. And so with this, like, I'd like it to be good. But obviously it didn't grab me enough to make me stick no. with it. And um, I think some of the jokes were good. Some of the jokes really fell flat. Yeah. I think the thing about Matt Groening that I... I like and respect is also how often he uh platforms counterculture stuff do you know what i mean is mm -hmm. in like one of the things he did was like uh i remember watching the first futurama straight to dvd movie and there was a, a song um that was a cover of daniel johnston and um and then i was like oh that was a good song i looked that up so you looked that up and then all of a sudden you um, are in this whole world of you know Daniel Johnston music, but the thing is like um, Matt Groening also I think he 
was a curator for the Leeds Music Festival at one point or some music festival. So he chose the act and one of the acts as well was Daniel Johnston. And he's always been um, like a very counterculture type person, you know, even starting from Life is Hell. Yeah, like when uh, you read some of the early Life is Hell, like he's so furious at like Hollywood and LA and all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. But like, I mean, The Simpsons was counterculture. It It was, It really was. I mean, there was a time when The Simpsons was outrageous yeah you know people couldn't believe it yeah and god it's so funny when you go back and watch it with like because like the bushes were like so down on it and then the other thing was like now the idea of having a show that's considered counterculture where like lisa's they what one of the episodes is about how homer doesn't go to church you'd be like what the (laughs) what's the what's the bush quote we need to have more families like the waltons and less like the simpsons there was a great one where um yeah, ages later, somebody asked them, uh, um, asked George Bush, did you see the episode that you were in? And he was like, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then apparently the show was, I don't know who was show running at the time, but they were like, have you seen your son? You know? Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and it is funny. I want, One thing I want to mention actually now that I'm thinking about it is how like the, the Simpsons kind of didn't, I was, it was funny how during the Bush years, they didn't mention Bush at all. And they also didn't mention Obama. But now they have like a bunch of episodes with like Trump featuring. Do them. they? I haven't well, seen any. They had a short with Trump. And then they had another one, which was weird, which was like a, a little short to encourage you to go out and vote. And it was like Homer trying to vote for Obama. And then it kept accepting it as a vote for Romney or something. Like it was weird. And it just like, but it, it kind of... When it alluded to politics in the, you know, the the good seasons, quote yeah. unquote, it was always, yeah, like pretty much anti-establishment and yeah. kind of how politics really didn't affect their lives at all. And, um, you know, Bill Clinton was always painted as really sleazy, yeah. you know, um, like he was kind of like Mayor Quimby 2.0 or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, when the movie came around and you have Arnold Schwarzenegger as president then as well. You know, anyway, I don't know where I was getting off with that, but I, I just kind of was like thinking about the cultural reference points and how, you know, you, you know, used to be back in the day, they would be like, I remember the 1964 World Trades Fair or like Bette Midler would appear or something. And now it's literally like, it's almost like the references are immediate They're Yeah. Whatever is happening right this second, let's talk about it. You know, um, I guess it's because they've explored too much of the past. But either way, you know, they, they, I like the obscurity of the references that they used to have and now they're just very on the nose. I think one of the great pleasures of going back to old Simpsons is like, <coughs> excuse me, is unpacking a lot of those references yeah, and yeah, being totally. like, wait, there's a there's like a Clockwork Orange reference mm, here? Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Oh yeah, and I guess that was it as in uh, Matt Groening as a cultural kind of person as in that all of his things always capture the stuff that he likes and they are great to kind of pick through even if it's like oh it's what all the writers like as well you know he's still a kind of you know basically introducing a lot of things mm. to people and um i think yeah that's that's apparent in the simpsons with all the references and the deep kind of stuff in there and then it's like with futurama it's like you know there are either direct references or also you know cultural stuff to do with sci-fi but then uh, with Disenchantment, Disenchantment, I can't remember, even remember the name. Yeah, I did the same thing. I watched two episodes and I was kind of like, I'm kind of tuning out. But, um, and we, I I think that the, um, 
yeah, they they kind of it was a good. I felt like it would be a better time to make a kind of pop cultural fantasy based show, but I feel like they went too much for fantasy almost. Yeah, because yeah. like we, I was watching at the same time Ella Enchanted. For some reason, we put that on, you know. And one of the things that happened in it was she goes to ye old shopping mall, you know, and they go down this escalator, and you're looking at this wooden escalator. You go, that's not. And then they pan down and there's somebody like grinding here, like an organ grinder or whatever, you know, just to make sure that the mechanism works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had things like that in Disenchantment, I think they'd be pretty good. But one of the things where where he's collecting pop cultural ephemera or whatever is uh, the voice cast he chooses because he's got like Matt Berry, Rich Fulcher, like all of these, they always kind of get English actors to do this fantasy stuff. But these are like almost kind of semi-deep pulls yeah. for, you know, people to... Um, yeah, just to enjoy from English mm, comedy. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was the kind of what I wanted to get at with that is just that like no matter what you're always doing, you're always kind of being introduced to new things. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, not totally. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, I was jabbing on there, um, and so you also do a podcast with other animators. Yeah, I do it with my buddies Brian and Neve, the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. Yeah, and um, we're doing. We're actually coming up to our hundredth episode of that. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, we've actually been doing that longer than I've been doing YouTube stuff. Have you got a Patreon for the Let's Fight a Boss podcast? You sure do, yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash LFAP. <laughs> and um, that's been really cool. It's It's been really interesting, I guess, learning to podcast. Yeah. And it's very different from anything else, but I, I love it. Like, we, we always have a great time. We built up a really nice community as well. Yeah. Like, it's it's cool. I guess I just wanted to ask that because, like, like I say, we're doing a hack, uh, hack fests was what kind of started this podcast now the hack inc podcast and now there's a part of me which is like trying to branch out and maybe even make like a brand or a kind of studio out of hack you know mm. so i just wanted to ask you about because you have a very non-traditional career path in terms of animators so you're like an online person and so i'm just i uh, I guess between the podcast, so the Patreon and that, and then also the YouTube stuff, I was wondering, like, how you found making a living that way, do you know? Um, I, f- like, it works out for me, mm. but I'm also very fortunate and very privileged to be in a position where it worked out. Mm. And it's the kind of thing as well where, like, you know, I get a lot of young people asking me, like, how do I, you know, break into YouTube and stuff like that? Yeah. And the only thing I can tell them is, like, it kind of it happened to me by accident and so i think it's important to enjoy what you do right and if it never blows up if it never becomes big that you're okay with that that it's just a good time for like whoever's making it and that's the best attitude to have because then even if nothing happens it'll you know it'll still be something you're proud of yeah but if it does perfect yeah so more of like a passion project and hope it plans out rather than Okay, I'm going to become a YouTube star. I, I never had any intention yeah. of becoming, you know, a YouTube person. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, half a million followers is something so far beyond oh, anything wow. yeah. I ever even thought yeah. could happen. Um, um, how did you, what were you working as in the industry? As I was like, working in like comp and visual effects. Okay, cool. Which kind of helped because like you know the nicer you can make videos 100 like, percent. yeah but even like my first couple of edits were very very basic yeah so yeah and how did you enjoy your time in the industry as well was it like um i didn't love it <laughs> honestly <laughs> um 
the way I always put it was like I was incompetent like I, I like drawing I'm not an especially strong drafts person like yeah. I've never been and I still draw to this day but so to make a living in animation I knew I was going to have to take a different route and so I took up like you know after effects and visual compositing and stuff like yeah. that and that was um a really good way to get my kind of leg in the door but at the same time it's like I remember on the last show I worked on I was sitting beside this girl Annabella fucking lovely girl shout out yep and um during her breaks she would like watch visual effects show reels and I was like watching and like the last thing I wanted to do was what and I was kind of looking at her and I was like man like this she's really passionate about Mm -hmm. this I'm totally not Mm. you know and so I was like well what am I passionate about and so you know I started kind of working on like um initially I was like man if I do this YouTube thing and I can even make like you know maybe like you know like maybe maybe after like a year or two I could maybe like make a hundred euro a month or something just like a little bit of extra income yeah and then it like blew up beyond any reason like it was just insane so are you making like money that you could like essentially live on, you know, at the moment? Oh, like YouTube's my full-time job. Yeah. Like yeah, 100%. I, guess, I just like, I, I knew somebody in college who was like a big time animator. Um, and I guess I the, it was a model I could never really get my head around because I've never had the brain for like, oh, people will like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever have any of that going into it or like as in... Like you said with the Simpsons, like kind of blew, the video that kind of blew up, you know, did you ever have that then where it's like, oh, this is probably going to be a big one because people like the Simpsons or did you think like, you I know? thought it was going to be a big one. I didn't think it was going to be that big, yeah. you know, where it's like, you know, it's kind of creeping up to like half a million views or yeah, like yeah. not a cure creeping up to like 5 million views or whatever. Oof. Yeah. Boy, now this, this guy, like, he would make these, like, short videos and then he would put them on his YouTube channel. But what would end up happening is, like, I mean, this was back in a different time with YouTube, obviously. But, like, it was kind of like you put up a video that has, like, however many millions of hits or whatever, you know. And then you put up another one and then that one kind of carries over from the other one. Mm. But the other one is still getting hit, yep. you know. So that you, the more content and videos you put up, then all of a sudden you're kind of generating more and more income, yep. you know. It was kind of tough for a lot of the animators because YouTube sort of switched over. Yeah. And it went from views to minutes watched. Oh, you're and joking. in a night basically wiped out the viability of a lot of YouTube animators. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't realize sucks. that. Yeah. No, that was like, so that was, that was what I was going to ask. And I was wondering about the viability of, um, like, I know there's like YouTube animators, but is there like viability for even like, if you were an entrepreneur um, who wanted to have like a team of like two or three, could you set up a YouTube channel that would be profitable making like shorts that are like on an ongoing basis? I mean, potentially you could. Yeah. But like, um, it's tricky because at the same time, you're looking for a full-time wage for three people in yeah. that case. And then like if you're a team of three animators, your stuff would really have to be hitting home every time. Yeah. You know, because like, I'm like for, if it's an animated short, like what's the most you're going to be able to get out? Maybe one a month, maybe two minutes a month, something mm. like that. It's hard to say, but, um, that would definitely be pretty tough. And like how, so let's say you make like, um, 
several 20 second videos that go up 20 seconds probably doesn't even register anymore because minutes watched is yeah that the thing um uh, to be honest i'm not sure because i know that google are constantly changing this stuff mm. <coughs> but then like a more viable option might be something like patreon or something like that if you can yeah, build yeah. up a strong enough following you know, I'm super, super fortunate to have a very, very dedicated following who kind of nice. support, yeah. you know, kind of most of the stuff I do. Mm. And um, that's my main source of income. But then like AdSense would be quite like, that's pretty been pretty good for me as well. Yeah. But it's tricky. It's it's kind of, it is a bizarre way to make money. Like it is, there's so many things about being like an online YouTuber that's, will catch you off guard like mm. you know i get i sometimes get recognized when i'm walking around dublin no way. and that's always really strange super flattering but really strange yeah. you don't even really physically appear in your videos that often do no you? not really i've done one or two like questions and answers videos that's crazy that's, that's it you know it is crazy the way people like don't need that much to recognize you no they don't um and so you're doing cons and stuff like that as well yeah yeah yeah. Oh, i yeah. do like cons doing one in germany later this year i'll probably cool. go over to canada for a little bit and um, they're always great. Do you get paid appearances or is it like you Depends get on room the and board? So there's some cons I love so much I'll just go to, like MAGFest totally. in Washington. That's my favorite con in the world. It's a music mm. and games festival. And just super inclusive, super awesome con. And I just, I love it to death. And I'll just go to that one. Just, like I'll pay for my own ticket and go. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But like I did a meetup at MAGFest and it was three and a half hours long. Nice. Half hours of shaking hands and yeah. just my brain was so melted by the end. <laughs> That's class though. I mean, it's kind of this like, I was thinking, um, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know yeah, we've been yeah. here for ages, but um, I was thinking about, I used to watch like the angry video game nerd mm. and one time he like showed up, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, you know, I to and fro on it. I like the early videos, but I think, you know, Anyway, I have opinions, but I won't, I won't go into them. But um, the I, I, one of the things I saw was him going into like a comic book shop in New Jersey and I was like, mobbed. And it's this guy who's like, just this kind of 30 something guy who just yep. is a video editor. And it's like, it's so weird that there are these cultures that are existing that people don't know that like, that's the thing about like, you know, millennials are often targeted but it's kind of like i think the what was it the burgeoning isn't called generation z or something mm -hmm. they're the ones who, who people don't know that they almost exist at this point because it's so online and you don't know these audiences and stuff you know? yeah and like you're kind of a rock star to some of these people yeah. as well like i've i've had girls like hug me as they like shake and cry what uh, yep and it's just <laughs> there is no appropriate response to that <laughs> that is so funny i love it because like because like you hear all these stories these rock stars like david bowie and there's women weeping in the front row and it's like actually like you know let me tell you, you know? about anime <laughs> it's fucking crazy you know and like that's not an uncommon thing that happens when i yeah. do a meetup you know people get very emotional sometimes that's so cool yeah it's it's cool but like not to sound like unappreciative of it it get it's it's a it's very draining much, oh yeah. my god like you would no idea because it's funny because like it's draining to you know exert that amount of emotion but then to receive it and not really know how to react is oh, kind i of, remember the first know. time i had like a big meetup this was in magfest maybe two years ago yeah and i was like i just tweeted out look i'm gonna be here at this time and i went around the corner and there was a group of about 100 people 100 and i was like what the fuck <laughs> and so i 
you know, I kind of did the whole thing. I was there for about maybe an hour and a half, two hours or something. And went back up to the hotel room afterwards. And I never felt so drained Mm -hmm. in my entire, like just exhausted. I imagine like you don't want to let people down. That's probably a big part of it as well. It's like, I'm just a fucking guy. And like now I have a hundred people who are going to be like, you know, thinking, oh, why was he like that to me? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, or something. yeah. <laughs> and like it's, it's tricky because you always want people to have a good experience, but it can be a bit weird sometimes as well because it's like, like say if I have a real hardcore fan, yeah. they've probably watched all my videos, but not only that, they've listened to the hundreds of hours of the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. They probably have a very intricate knowledge of my like tastes and interests, yeah, yeah. but some people then substitute that for like knowing you yeah, and yeah. they can get very like over familiar and kind of with the Americans, they can be pretty forward about stuff oh, gotcha. as well. And yeah. it's like, that can be a lot to deal with too, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, spe- uh, just to speak on Patreon really quickly um, how do you find that as a model or are you able to you know and in particular I guess uh, I remember years and years ago hearing about Patreon like this is a great idea then you set it up and it's like it's very uh, and maybe uh, this is the wrong word but ubiquitous in America to just have a donate button and they go oh yeah here's a dollar whatever mm. in Ireland like people do not understand the concept of small donations I, yeah. you know and I was wondering how much success you've had on the Patreon then I mean you have the American fan base but um, you know probably a lot more success than I deserve <laughs> like I make I make too much money off Patreon do you have two different ones for that do you have like one for the podcast and one for yourself yeah okay cool right 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 yep um, and it's like the Patreon has always been really good for me Um I have like I, I always the way I did it was because I didn't really want to encourage people to donate a lot of money because I don't think people should I don't know yeah I don't really think my stuff is worth that level of financial mm. investment to people um so I just set it as like one tier one reward one dollar just one tier one dollar donate yeah, a dollar yeah. a month um a lot of people ended up donating like that well over a thousand and then like a lot of people donated more than a dollar and it's a dollar per video so it's kind of like it, it adds up to a lot but um i'm very reluctant i could probably make a lot more money off patreon if i wanted but it's like no way, i'm man. always yeah. i'm just a bit reluctant to and then like you know it's other stuff as well like i could make a lot of money off sponsorships too mm-hmm. i don't do sponsorships at no all way, man, i yeah. don't I'm not super into big companies and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, some like I have friends who do and absolutely no, like, you know, I, I would not blame them at all. You no, know, no, everyone's no, of course. doing their thing. Everyone's yeah. trying to make their own living. But, um, sometimes they tell me how much they make and just obscene levels of money getting thrown around online. Did you hear that? You know, Alan Moore, when they like approach him to make a movie and he doesn't want to do it. But one of the things that I always loved was when he, uh, this is yeah. off that, link podcast wasn't it, it could be i can't remember yeah. he was it was a i was i think i remember seeing a youtube video where he was like on stage and he was talking he was talking about how hard it was each time to keep turning down these checks he's like they give you this and they go here's the amount of money and you just go okay no i can't I can stick to my guns won't do that and then he said by the time watchman came around he was like almost in tears at the amount of money he had to turn down <laughs> i had a i had a friend before this people came to me and they were like would you do this and i was like listen i don't really do sponsorships but tell you what i'll send you to someone who does yeah and he was they were like all right and so they went over to another person and um 
later on when I was chatting to him and he was like yeah thanks for that I made like 14 grand off that and I fucking like I was yeah. just like oh I know it's it, but it is I mean the thing is that uh, you you got to draw the line somewhere otherwise you know what, what do you end up doing do you know what yeah. I mean I know that uh, sorry man. Yeah. and like I, might, like I don't know maybe if I had a kid or something, something oh yeah no that would I'd change be like well look yeah, fuck yeah. it my pride is not more important than this little asshole totally totally you know? yeah yeah but uh, you know, other than that like I just don't like I guarantee you I could look at my emails right now and there's probably five or six new sponsorship offers for That's fucking cool. loot crate or whatever else so I guess like um what would be your recommendation if somebody was starting up something like that like trying to get on a patreon thing is there any kind of thing enjoy you would it. recommend yeah enjoy Just it enjoy it do what you love uh is there things that you've found that have uh, awarded more kind of attention to certain things or is it you know as in like getting views and stuff like yeah. that i think it's sometimes i think about the audience i have and what they would like to see I'm very selfish in the way I make videos in that 90% of the stuff I make is just for me. Mm. Like, it's just, I would like to watch this YouTube video, so I'm going to make it. Sure. But um, there's a saying I kind of, a friend said once when we were talking about YouTube stuff, and he was like, um, the way he does it is he does one for me, one for us. As in oh, the that's audience, good. Which I think yeah, is yeah. a good way of putting it. Um, a lot of people get really bogged down with algorithms and trying to figure out what's going to yeah. be the next big thing on YouTube, especially like a lot of people spend a lot of time on their analytics page. Yeah. I've I looked at my analytics page once ever. Really? And I was like, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah. three years ago. I've done fine. Okay, you know? cool. Well, that's a good thing to note. Yeah. People just, yeah. respond to passion. Yeah. You know, and if you're making stuff, it's like art, you know, it's yeah. any piece of art you can get a feeling of passion from art. You can tell when someone really drew the shit out of this thing. Yeah. When someone really put like, you know, their own feelings, their own expression into it. It's the exact same with music. It's the exact same with mm. YouTube videos. And that's what people respond to. And I think that's what's, re <coughs> excuse me, that's what's mm. really important for me to try and keep in kind of anything I do. Cool. And so my, like the best piece of advice I give anyone getting into YouTube is enjoy it and make stuff you're passionate about. All right, so we just finished watching uh, the season 20, episode 14 of The Simpsons, in the name of the grandfather, where they Is that visited. What it's called? Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> um, so we wanted to get our immediate reactions to this. John, what did you think? Man, okay, so this is season 20 of The Simpsons, so we're we're really we're quite a long way away from I guess what you consider the classic era mm. and I felt like this episode was it was nearly just like a perfect encapsulation of everything that I kind of feel like The Simpsons has lost yeah like there was no real story there was kind of like oh there's a the cops yeah to shut us down here they come that's it everybody good yeah. night <laughs> Um, but it was like there, there, you know, there wasn't really much of a story. It was like the jokes were all so like just kind of off the cuff and sort of half baked. And like the whole thing about going to Ireland, like you can tell the entire story for this episode was like, okay, fuck it, send him to Ireland. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I got. Yeah, it was very. I mean, he. Okay, I'll give you my my immediate reaction. I, I watched. I remember very distinctly the feeling I had watching the credits in two thousand and eight when it was released. I think wasn't too far off of how I felt this time, where it was just 
pains and uh, just kind of, I guess the Australia episode is such a high bar. Oh, the Australia like, <laughs> episode. <laughs> I was My like, God. Yeah. And it's just this feeling of like, I would have loved to have been ripped the piss out of in that way. Yeah. In, the, in that era of the Simpsons. And we it's got like, no knifey spoonie. Yeah. Yeah. There's no bit where you'd, you know, Prime Minister. And, you know, <laughs> there's so many lines out of that. And even I think there was like deleted scenes out of that that were even funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had yeah. to cut funny stuff out of that episode where, as we could see with this one, there was a bit of effort to stretch pad it out so that it would last the runtime. There's you know? literally a bit where the yeah. characters are like, well, we've kind of ran out of things to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then homer and abe end up buying a bar yeah actually let's explain the plot of the episode which is we were wondering how long it would take for ireland to get into it and it took probably about the first half of the episode yep so uh basically they get a hot tub and then they get really relaxed in the hot tub and they end up missing a sports day or something that grandpa's uh, grandpa simpson is trying to whatever he wanted them to be there and then uh to make it up to them make it up to him they take him to ireland and there they get drunk they buy a pub and then they allow smoking in the pub and then they get sent back to america and that's the end of it do you ever hear like a five-year-old tell a story (laughs) yeah yeah and they don't really have like a proper concept of like what a story is so they'll be like a prince bought a horse and the horse yeah. was magical from a land and the horse's dad owned a shoe shop. And it, like, yeah. that is what that plot sounds yeah. like to me. It's really funny. Um, recently, uh, my good lady friend, uh, Kayla, um, and well, sorry, it's my girlfriend. I mean, when I say my lady friends. I, I think, I think, I think people, people will understand that from good lady yeah. friends. But she uh, wanted to know more about The Simpsons. Kind of, She basically grew up with it, like most of us in the background, but kind of never really watched it. So I was, she was like, all this fucking memes. I want to know what's going on. So I was like, picked out, Cherry picked out all the episodes with memes in them, surprising amount of them from season four, which season I was quite Season four surprised. is a great season. Yeah. But like, I was quite surprised as in like, wow, that's, I think that kind of, there's a perfect error as well. Like, you know, the way Seinfeld gets used a lot in these ironic memes. And that was also kind of at its peak in 94, yeah. where there's like a look and a feel for that. And but, season yeah. four of The Simpsons especially, that's when I feel like it had been around long enough that it really started to kind of click. Yeah. Because like, I'm still fond of the early episodes of The Simpsons, but like, there are a lot, there are a lot, I think they're a bit clumsier than yeah, kind of like, totally. you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, and even like nine and stuff is yeah. great. But, um, oh, season four was just, just fantastic. Yeah. But I was, we were, it was funny to look at some of the episodes through her eyes because she doesn't have like, you know, like quoting it back and forth to her friends for however long. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. So one of the things was, um, the Cape Fear episode, it's like, she hated it. She thought it was terrible. Really? Yeah. And, uh, and then when you kind of think about it, I was sitting down watching it with her and like I said, like watching it through her eyes, I was like. It was a similar thing where I was like, there isn't really any plot to this. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, but it was the, the, the physical gags in it. And also a gag where, you know, where he's standing on the rakes and they, they apparently put that in there to like make up time for the episode. So that's how it went on really? so long. Yeah. Huh. So there's an, a bit in this episode where it was like a similar thing where grandpa comes in and he like, so in this, this season 20 episode, grandpa comes in and he like, they're in the hot tub. And then he breaks the hot tub apart and then they start slapping around like fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and they slap around like fish for uh, an uncomfortably long amount of time. But it's like without any of the finesse or yeah, kind of because craft, in the old you know? one, I remember like it was this whole thing where it's like, oh no, Sideshow Bob's tied himself to the underside yeah. of the car, and then they drive to like a cactus patch. <laughs> and so Bob's good. just getting the shit kicked out. Yeah. Of him. Then, then like after all that, the yeah. rake thing happens, and then it keeps oh, so happening. Good. And I love that. It's like you were saying, there's like a finesse to that. Yeah. But with this, it was just it was uncomfortable to watch yeah. where it's like they're kind of they're they're being fish and then they kind of stop and they all lie still and then they start flopping around like fish again and it's like wow and it went like it was like you could tell i remember you know you know when people they say this thing like oh it stops being funny and then it starts being funny again and you could see in their heads somebody's doing that like wait for it again we got him, you know, and it's like yeah. this feeling of like <laughs> we got him, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And it's like, what? It was such a it was such a spectacular misfire. But I think the other thing is that like it really goes to show that the animation as well as the voice acting, uh, when people give a shit, is doing so much of the heavy lifting yeah. in those in those episodes because like you y- you know structurally the Cape Fear episode is kind of comparable to this episode <laughs> where it's like you know nothing really happens it's kind of a general series of gags in the first half and then they end up in like where they're going which is like a cape fear parody or they're going to ireland and then it becomes a series of gags about that you know i guess like with the cape fear episode though it's now it's been a while admittedly but any episode with sideshow bob was an automatic win because i love when the simpsons gets weird yeah and whenever they brought out sideshow bob it was this excuse to turn it into something completely different Mm. you know and oh god like i love the the homer gag where he runs in with the chainsaw oh that's so good because like the even like the color palette of that scene is so weird and trippy and it's amazing i love not a lot of that in this and of course the best uh oh well actually no now that you got mentioned color palettes let's stick on that for a minute because that's something that's in- greatly missing from um any recent simpsons Man. every this like flat color do you know do you, you know, know what scene i always really think of whenever i think of the simpsons getting really weird art direction mm. do you remember bart's babysitter i don't think that's the oh, name yeah, of the episode. yeah the scene where she pulls his heart out oh yeah no it that we did watch we watched that one recently it was um new kid on the block yeah and it was yeah it was the i thought you were talking about like early early simpsons now that's season four as well actually i think yeah um and it's like it's just this beautiful like pink and blue neon color yeah yeah and like it's so effective at putting across this idea that this is bart's like worst nightmare yeah yeah, yeah. like i think there's there was actually a lot of that stuff in like you know classic simpsons and this my god nothing it is just flat nothing the entire way through just because we were talking about Sideshow Bob, one of the most like shots in my head that sticks out is like the most cinematic and the most kind of like weirdly like, you know, where like The Simpsons was very like, I wouldn't say flat, but like it was like a traditional sitcom. And then they would have these flourishes, these little flourishes that would make it great, especially for like film references. But I remember in the uh, episode where Sideshow Bob marries Aunt Selma, isn't it Aunt Selma? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I love when, that episode. Do you remember when he turns and he turns into the Grim Reaper in the church and they have the light cast yeah, over him? And oh. I was like, Phew. I was like, that's a movie shot. Yeah. But then the fucking movie came around and it looked pretty much like this, except with maybe a bit more after effects in it to give it like this yeah, weird some depth, light comping. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, what I was like, when, did you ever go back and watch that Conan O'Brien I don't know, actually, I don't know what it's from, but it's basically Conan O'Brien and a bunch of the writers from The Simpsons just all talking. 
for like oh, an did. hour. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. I love that. And the thing that always stands out to me is that bit where they're kind of like, we'd go over the joke so many times mm. and we'd be back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I cannot imagine that the jokes in this went through anywhere yeah. near that. Like, like some of it was just like they're not even at Ireland. They're on the plane to Ireland and it's like a leprechaun joke. You yeah, know? yeah. And then you get three more leprechaun jokes over the course of the episode. Yeah. I think that was the thing, like like I'm trying to imagine what the stereotype of Australia was. I mean, definitely there was like a crocodile dundee riff in Big it. Big time. But there was like this there is a bit where it's like massive spaces and like people being all together casual in yeah, that yeah whereas in this one um yeah i think that the leprechaun is just such an easy one actually do you know what going back even further thinking about how the irish were represented throughout the simpsons um well actually no they were always going for leprechauns but i just remember i remember the bit like oh master burns you know the one from the, the casino episode yeah, you yeah, know, yeah the way the irish were in that or like or in that um do you remember they find like the first episode of Itchy and Scratchy or where Itchy's in it and he be Itchy runs afoul of an uh, yeah, Irish yeah, man, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? But like they weren't ever going for like, you know, they were going for that old fashioned American racism towards the Irish where yeah. it's like they had these big arms and the hats and everything. Yeah. But they never went like, oh, we've got like big gin. Well, they did. But do you know what I mean? Like I... I feel like it was such an easy one to go for with this. Yeah, with and the like a beards, lot of the jokes you know? in this as well were very like kind of alcohol kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yep, people get drunk in Ireland just like they do every fucking yeah. where else. And it was weird because they were like, it, it, the other funny thing about it was obviously I think I'm going to actually just check the year. Yeah, 2009. Okay, so they probably would have. So when was the crash? The crash is in about 2000 and when what was it? Two thousand, I think it's 2008 the 2008 recession so I always remember that because yeah. in 2002 I was on a boat and I was talking to this Russian lad and he was super intelligent Yeah, and he was talking about economics and all this kind of stuff and he goes he was like you know uh, 2008 Ireland in uh, big trouble and I was like wow. <laughs> I was like laughing I was like really and he goes yes you laugh now but 2008 we'll see oh and God. I was like then it happens and I was like wow well that was like you know I mean, yeah, we were going, we were catapulting towards that. I think everybody knew the feeling of like building this, like, build, remember they built the spire, they did the voting machines that were broken and then they built the port tunnel and moved the fucking port. It's like yeah. money just being spent like there was no tomorrow's cranes up in the sky. So what happens is the Simpsons presumably start riding in about 2007, 2008 and Ireland is like, it's actually changed a lot. It's an up and coming tech hub. And in, you know, in many ways, the tech companies are still exploiting the Docklands, but it is so funny to kind of see this thing released in 2009 just as Ireland's about to really get hit yeah, yeah, by yeah. recession like there is a massive wealth disparity now where it's like the like people are extremely poor or they're like the tech guys who are coming in from America yeah. but in this episode uh, they're like oh Ireland has all these burgeoning tech companies like Hewlett Packard and places like this um to the extent that I remember back in 2009 where it was like the last item of the news on RTE, they were like, the Simpsons are coming to Ireland. And, you know, and they were like, and we're they're going to show off our tech empire. And was, but Hewlett Packard is not the one that you think of immediately when yeah, you think like, you totally. Know. Yeah. So that was just a funny thing um, about that episode. But um, yeah, so I, 
wrote down some notes while we were doing it. One of the things that happened as well is the HD intro. I'm pretty sure this was one of the first episodes that had it. Yeah, know? I liked how we immediately both saw those HD clouds and just groaned. Yeah, yeah. Because there's something uh, so beautiful about the old clouds. Like, they had yeah. this real kind of painterly feel to them. And these new ones and the fuck... Oh, God. They'd wreck your head. I mean, like, the other thing is, like... It's very funny because when you think about what those credits were trying to parody in the first instance, you know what I mean? When I say parody, like they were trying to be like the Flintstones or the Jetsons or something yeah. where the camera pans in and you see the stuff and it's like, it's like glowing angelic in the sky, like the, yeah. but like now the thing has become so kind of recognizable that like what they do is they, they're like, okay, we just need to show them that what is the difference between this show? And he's like, what we have is more depth. We can have more characters and stuff on screen. The illusion of depth. So they have that stupid fucking crow just fly in front of the letters. And every time I see that, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's I just, hate it. it's <laughs> like, I, you know, you hate to be like, you hate to be that Simpsons fan yeah, just yeah. talking about every little thing. But really, it's like there's so much in this intro because I feel like with the old intro, there were jokes, mm. but I felt like the old intro was really about establishing a world. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, here's Springfield. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It's all this shit. And like each little bit built up the characters in this really nice way. You could tell Homer was kind of a fuck up. You could tell yeah. Lisa was very artistic. You could tell Bart was, you know, troublesome. It did all that so well. But the new one, it just takes every little, it takes every little opportunity to reference itself. I know, yeah. And that. there's actually there was actually an episode recently I saw an article about this where um Homer sends himself or sends someone the gif of Homer going back into the bushes. He no, sends he someone doesn't. that. Yeah, he sends someone that <laughs> in the Simpsons. And it's like at some point it's like this thing is a fucking Ouroboros. It yeah. is a snake eating its own tail. Yeah. It's so hard to imagine a world, like, because I actually, I, I don't remember, I wasn't really cognizant in a world before The Simpsons existed, do you know? No. So like, Some of my earliest memories are watching season one of The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just trying to imagine a world without it. I've talked on this show before, uh, well, we talked about it briefly in like two episodes back about the idea of like, I heard somebody say, what if they like rebooted The Simpsons, you know what I mean? And I was like, what would it sound look like if The Simpsons ended and then they like rebooted it and then all of a sudden it was like... Like, I would actually much prefer to see this that show than this zombified show that's just continuing yeah. on. It's <laughs> tough, though, because when you look at The Simpsons, it was born from such mm. an era and it was a backlash to so yeah. much, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, you rebel against the establishment long enough and if you're successful enough at it, you become the establishment. Yeah, exactly. Because now the amount of shit that is, you know, just parodying the Simpsons. Yeah. You know, and like, it could include South Park and Family Guy and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff in that. And it's like, with that, the Simpsons has kind of, Simpsons has become pop culture and it kind of lost its identity in that. Yeah. So they say like a reboot. What could that even be? You yeah. Know? Well, I think it would be like... Like the way I see it and the way that they're never going to do it because like we, I, I kind of like hypothesized on the last 
uh, when we talked about it like this before, that uh, the idea that the reason that they're not going to reboot it and the way that they're doing it is that the budget gets slashed each year now because it's now it's just brand management. And, you know, the actors are just like, they're probably the highest paid people. The creatives can go and shite. And then the guy who's Alf Clausen, I think, who's like let go as well. So like they're just making it as cheap as possible. It's on life support to maintain the brand. But they have like people like, you know, Eric Goldberg and Sylvian Chaumet and like Don Hertzfeld at doing the couch gags and you just have this feeling like God I wish they'd just give it to them for about half an you hour know, some of the you know? <laughs> some of the like in fairness that is one thing some yeah. of the couch gags when they get someone amazing in yeah excellent yeah they got an animator I really love Paul Robertson through a little oh, pixel one cool I have to look that one up really really cool guy which one's the one where he's on the couch where it's like sorry I'm on the couch no but you know the Miami Vice kind of one oh that one's really good yeah. as well yeah yeah but the funny thing about it is like it looks amazing and then as soon as it cuts to them their models it looks terrible <laughs> like yeah. the actual Simpsons sitting on the couch it was yeah, like you know Oof. I'd love Simpsons shorts <laughs> yeah. with those animators yeah I yeah because like you still do see the Simpsons like kind of exist do you ever see Bart Kira yeah that's perfect that's stuff great, like yeah. that feels for for those who don't know it's like basically a comic of akira except with drawn it's kind of like the simpsons characters yeah. doing the same stuff and there's something about it where it feels real like 90s in yeah, a way the simpsons just does not anymore and, and it's it's fucking cool they animated a teaser for that as well they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah and in some bits of it are really good obviously but like like with most of those collaborations there's some people who are very good and some people who aren't as good but the energy is still there so yeah. that's great but yeah no I mean you can see the way that these characters can be remodeled and redesigned and stuff and it would just be amazing to have a show that did something like that or like you know this sounds like a really dumb comparison but like you know the way all the the Pokemon spin-offs do you remember there was a Pokemon one where like I can't remember, but they focused on people's separate stories outside yeah. of Ash, and uh, like it, even the newest you know. Pokemon, Pokemon Sun and Moon, I think it is. Mm. Uh, they completely redid the art style, and right. it looks fucking deadly. Mm. Like the the animation for it's lovely and bouncy and expressive. The animation for The Simpsons now, it's 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 kind of hideous. Yeah. is the only thing I can and say. And dead, and it's kind of like. Who are you making this for? And yeah, obviously it's just to keep the memes alive. And now you've said that they're putting their own memes into the show. And But it is funny how it's a language onto itself because Irish Simpsons fans is, or memes or whatever. Those oh, are like, yeah. like, well, I mean, they're hit and miss a lot of the time because, but like some of them, it's like, like, it's amazing how they're like, it's like fucking, what's that hobos writing? Do you know where they like leave it on the front door? It's like, oh, don't stay here because it's a cheapskate. Yeah. But it's like a little square with an X through it or something. It's amazing when somebody, I think one time it was like a general election and somebody put a Simpsons character for every single party and uh, it was just like, it was just amazing. Uh, they had Hank Scorpio for oh, uh, Sinn Féin, man. obviously. Like, Do you ever <laughs> see those weird Simpson mashups they kind of do? It's where the, someone will take, like, an image and they'll, like, Photoshop two different Simpsons yeah, jokes yeah, together. Yeah. And they're so weird. But as someone yeah. who's, like, grown up on those references, yeah. it's, it has this weird, like, catnip effect. I know, I know. And I feel that in my head. I feel like such a, an idiot. Like, you just go, God, I wish I didn't get this. But there is also that weird thing of, like, yeah, just... I've heard of this movie that's coming out soon from this Australian people. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it now, but basically what they've done is they've taken like Mad Max and they've just edited in a bunch of different movies into it to make... So they've like that remixed the movie. Yeah. That sounds cool. I love 
Yeah. I love remix kind of stuff yeah. like that. And they've made it political. So it's kind of like a collage movie, you know, and it's gotten a really warm reception from people, but also the people who funded it were like, I think it was funded by like the Australian government in some way. And they've kind of disowned it a little bit because they're like, it's too controversial. Oh, really? So that's a good thing. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But it's a great to see that with like the Simpsons where it's like, you know, you're, you're, piece, you're pasting bits of it back yeah, in. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's kind of like, I guess the silver lining with all this stuff. Yeah. I think like, the Simpsons still has meaning if you go into like a lot of the fan content it produced, yeah. you know, and yeah. it is cool when like they incorporate that stuff into the couch gags. Yeah. But like, it's like, you know, you're saying about keeping the brand alive. Mm. Cause like there was a point where when I was researching a Simpsons video I did a while ago, yeah. I was like, I was looking at like, and their ratings very low, like yeah. very, very low. And I was kind of like, why are, why, like, why does with this show still live there? Yeah, like, yeah. would they not be better off trying to, put something else in and then i saw the profit margins for the simpsons tapped out oh game yeah 150 yeah. million in yeah. 2016 i mean that's it if you don't have to redesign any characters you've got all this artwork you can just put out there and it's like yeah like an established brand yeah like you say it's it's like one of the things uh, we were talking about uh, Pixar a while back and it was like why did they make so many sequels to Cars and it's because Cars has the most lucrative merchandise of any All the Pixar money. film you know what I mean like and once you once you look at it it's like well because you've got a car it's like one of the you know most like kids would be playing with Cars even if there wasn't a movie called Cars yeah you know? <laughs> And um, yeah, like, I mean, it's the same thing with, with The Simpsons, like you say, it's like, I hear there's, what was it, there was something about the Fantastic Four, where like, um, back when 20th Century Fox were like determined to keep the rights before they were acquired by Disney. So now we're going to have, like, who knows what happens now with the Disney animators in there, maybe they'll cross over with The Simpsons, who knows? Uh, but the thing is, they had to, con they were contractually obligated to be making a Fantastic Four movie every three to four years. Otherwise, they would lose the rights to something Same like that. Same thing happened with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if there's a similar thing with The Simpsons where it's like, okay, like, well, we we could end it, but then we'd be letting, we'd be starting the clock on yeah. the lapse of our rights and stuff, you know? And like, you know, there has been the odd okay Simpsons episode of the modern era. Yeah. Did you ever see Barhood? No. What's that one? It's basically like a parody of Boyhood. You know the film? Yeah. And um, where like it's Bart's entire life. Yeah. And there actually is a few moments in it where it like as a long-term Simpsons fan, it did kind of get me. Yeah. And it's it it's actually like a surprisingly touching episode. They're few and far between. Yeah. I I remember there was one and it was supposed to be like the last episode potentially, which was like a Christmas special. Do you remember this one? Cuz the first it's episode like, was a Christmas special. Yeah, and it was set in the future. And they've it done was, so many future episodes. Yeah, and they get like really depreciating returns. Uh, I really hated one where like Bender appeared in it. I didn't like that. There was like a Futurama crossover episode, but there was one where they were in the future and Bender just dropped into their car. And I was like, right. Didn't like that. And then the, because for some reason I believe in canon with the, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but the, yeah, the, uh, yeah, this episode was very good actually. Um, there was, there was a bit, there was one or two moments I didn't like, but. Um, all around um, basically it started with 
uh, Bark coming back to, he's like a deadbeat dad and he's got two kids and he brings them back for, to family for Christmas. And Homer is being like really nice to his kids. Yeah. And he was like, why is he getting on with them? And he's never gotten on with me, you know? And yeah, it was great. Yeah, there, there's, I, there was stuff like that in Barthood as well. And I guess what's kind of nice about that stuff is they actually, they're doing something with the characters, yeah. you know? And like, that's what I always really felt with old Simpsons. Like, yeah, it was funny as shit. Like it was yeah. hilarious. But it could be really kind of tender as yeah. well. Like, you know, earlier we were talking about um, the ho- ice hockey episode. Yeah, that was great. And like just the ending to that, oh, like it's a not a go- joke. Yeah. It's just genuinely heartfelt. And I love it because it's like a relationship you don't see that often where it's like, because usually it's like, oh, I didn't get on with my brother or I didn't get on like I'm a girl and I didn't get on with my sister mm-hmm. or something. You never see, um, you know, uh, two siblings from different genders who have this kind of and also like do you know what I mean like where, where they're, they're skating around hand in hand yeah, yeah that's like a really sweet image it was yeah. like the flashback with the ice cream and yeah. stuff and um, that was great I yeah. forgot about that and uh, yeah and also taking on toxic sports and stuff like that so mm-hmm. like, oh sorry I see someone coming in it's my good lady friend um, okay <laughs> <laughs> this is John sorry just say hey, this is Kayla you. Um, yeah, we were talking about, um, I mentioned there about that kind of Pokemon format of having one where you focus, because every episode of The Simpsons is always based on like their relationship to the family. Mm. You wouldn't have an episode with just Lenny, you know what I mean? Necessarily. I mean, maybe that's changed. I don't know. And I think that the other thing, um, yeah, I wanted to mention you brought up in terms of, oh yeah, sorry. Um, in the Beano, I don't know if you've seen this, but that, um, you know, Dennis, when I was reading it, Dennis's dad had like a toothbrush mustache and was kind of this, was like, oh, saints and stars, like, Dennis, get in here, and like yelling and angry, you know? But now they've changed his dad and he looks like a taller, fatter version of Dennis. Right. Yeah, and the idea, and then they do a sequence where the taller, fatter version of Dennis is like remembering his childhood and then the toothbrush mustache dad is his dad. And so the way they continued it on, like the Beano, in a similar way to The Simpsons, you know, it's been around so long that now it's like referencing itself and it's changed its kind of, you know, because now parents who read the Beano would be giving the Beano to their kids, you know? So it's not like, you know, us versus parents. It's like, oh, you know, your dad can be your friend as well. Yeah. He's also whatever, you know? And that similar episode of In the Future with the Homer and Bart, I think that was a good direction to take the show in where it's like, contemporizing it and changing it and having it be generational yeah yeah no totally yeah so maybe that's like a big problem with it as well because like you know um like they had one recently where bart's into esports now yeah i saw just a screenshot of him (laughs) in the gamer chair and i was like stop me yeah i know (laughs) and he's drinking like mountain dew and he's got a little teen mustache i was like I was like, ah, oh, fuck this, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know the, 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 there's multiple directions, but this one was, um, this one was a dud. One thing, um, so yeah, well, I kind of try and wrap up talking about this so we can, um, we I mean, people might know this, but we're recording out of sequence. <laughs> so we'll uh, be talking to John earlier about his, you see, you see what I did there? Let's, Instead of later, let's pass it off to our friends yeah. in the past. Yeah, yeah. But um, but before we do that, I just want to talk one more thing about um, oh yeah, the guest stars obviously were, were not very great. It was Colin Meaney and Glenn Hansard. Although Colin Meaney did a good job, um, but I mean I appreciated 
his dedication yeah to the performance yeah not didn't have a whole lot to work with but yeah and um yeah like and then yeah glenn hansard um i mean i think now it would obviously be like saoirse ronan or something i mean there's i mean it's a shame they already use you too but they could have had them back you know what I mean? <laughs> there's actually just on the subject of you two there's two there's a censored YouTube bit and a non-censored YouTube bit. Do you oh, really? This? No. There's one where um, I think it's there. The Edge is playing with spoons and Bono's oh, like, yeah, "Let I me love see that. them," and he like throws it out the yeah. window. So there's that bit, yeah. but then there's another bit where the Edge just goes wankers, and they're like, "What?" And then the yeah, scene yeah. ends. That's censored in a in a lot of the old. Is it? Yep. So there's also a bit where Luke, where Willie says "shite." Oh, really? Yep. That's a different episode, though. That's weird. We yeah. um. Um, it's actually pretty funny I think it's when Homer started a newspaper or something he's like Homer I'm doing tractor reviews they're all shite really yep okay there was a we were watching the Beer Baron episode there because Kayla hadn't seen it and um, really good episode I mean like all of the Rex Banner stuff is amazing you all know what laughing sounds like yeah I (laughs) I was thinking of the bit his introduction is amazing where he's reading the telegrams and it's like you know Springfield needs you and then it's like nodding you know and then like very sternly and then it's like Maisie had puppies or something like that and he's just nodding (laughs) yeah Um, but what was it I think oh yeah there was a scene I, I this was like you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize that things are chopped or changed or anything. Mm. So I remember watching that episode on the BBC. And then for some reason, um, they cut to Homer wearing a barrel on his head. And I was like, why is he wearing a barrel? And then in the Irish version of it, they kept in the sequence where, well, actually, no, they took out the bit where a fish and chip shop gets bombed. And then they kept in the bit where Homer put the barrel on his head and then he goes, look at me, I'm the Prime Minister of Ireland. <laughs> and um, and then they go, Homer, isn't that your kid on the TV? And then he like turns the barrel so he can see yeah. the hole in it. But it was like, it was strange that the BBC cut that bit, but then Ireland left it in. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> that was so strange. That's that's crazy with stuff like that because then mm. the gun episode didn't air over oh, yeah, here yeah. forever. And I wonder what season that one is because I remember watching it and thinking like, and this was like a good yeah. 10 years past Simpsons Prime. I remember watching the gun episode and thinking like, this is just a good episode. Yeah, yeah. And and what happened, the reason it was uh, because they made references to killing the King of England. So that was the reason, you know, the King of England could come in right off the street and start giving you, getting your face. <laughs> so apparently that was the reason they didn't air it that's in England. The, you know, that's the second time they did that because remember when Moe's teaching a class and yeah. he's like, uh, say the Queen of England comes up to you, yeah. just give her one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so good. Cartridge Family, Simpsons. I'm just seeing which ep- what year this was released. Um, that was 1997 and that was in season, or who knows, fifth. No, fifth episode of ninth season. That's way later than I would have guessed. Ninth season of Simpsons interesting because it's still great. Yeah. Amazing episodes in season nine. But you're starting to feel the creep in yeah, some of yeah. them as well that's so true um because you can see the stiffness of the animation as well yeah. even though it still has some great bits um yeah so two things i just wanted to bring up with then um 
I thought it was funny that they used Bushmills whiskey because I thought that that was actually like a Protestant whiskey and that would be the, not the Irish one, you know? As in like there was a bit in The Wire where McNulty won't eat, won't drink Bushmills because he's like, that's, they, they, you know, my ancestors. And, I was like, <laughs> and it was in response to Abe going, I want the most Irish drink you have. So he took some Bushmills and yeah. put it in a potato and then in some Guinness. Taco um, Belfast. Taco Belfast. That was a bad. That was a bad one. A lot of, um, a lot of zingers like that in there. Yeah, the one of the ones that um, we talked about. There was a joke where he's like, he Bar was giving out about Belgium, and then she says, "If you don't stop that, I'll take away your Tintin books." And he goes, "Don't take away my Tintin books." And then he pulls out a Tintin book, and it zooms right in on it. And we were like, "Oh, that must be a gag," but no, it, the crab with the golden claws is actually a Tintin book. That's such an odd joke. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, I, I guess they went to the Giants Causeway and then they immediately went to the Guinness factory. Um, so the geography there, I, I don't think so. I, don't, I do not believe. Uh, so, um, yeah. And then uh, the Are other, we meant to believe that the two notes come from this? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I guess I wanted to, we mentioned the movie earlier on, so I wanted to quickly point out uh, Lisa had a love interest in the movie who was also Irish. My God, yeah. that is gone from my mind. I know, yeah. I've seen that movie. That is not yeah. there. No, that was 2009, I think. So a year after that. And I remembered audibly in the cinema, as soon as he said his first word, everybody in the cinema just went, oh, like groans. And his name's Colin, you know? It's, it's like that clip of Pikachu talking. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> They're just yeah. so good. It's so perfect as well. Um, did you hear, just as an aside, you heard that about the Detective Pikachu movie. What do you think of that? Speaking as a... I think it looks like a nightmare and I'm really into it. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah, right, right, I'm, right. I'm like, it looks so fucking weird. Yeah. And I'm so happy it looks that weird. Yeah. I think it looks great. Like, because did you see the designs of Sonic? I, I've i seen like, yeah, I think I have. They've released Sonic's design like and, separate it's just, eyes and just it's just kind of bland. One of my favorite things is where they did, um, they talked to Tim Miller and in this press release for Sonic, he was going... Yeah, Sonic Team didn't like what we did with the eyes. And I was like, why are you saying this? You know, like, <laughs> I, I just thought that was so funny. And then, yeah, then when I saw it, I so was like... fuck those guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, why? Okay. But he like, you know, he like looking at it, I was like, oh, I guess, you know. Um, yeah, but with the with the Pikachu movie, I think I, I don't know if I'm as big a fan of the very literal interpretations of the Pokemon. I'd love to have seen like, you know, back in the day where somebody on DeviantArt would be like, here's what Pokemon would look like in real life. And I was like, I wanted to see that. So there know? was one artist that specifically did that stuff. Yeah. Everyone probably knows him. Um, he is working on the film. No way. Yep. Although I remember he did this one of Mewtwo and he gave Mewtwo like a giant boner. <laughs> And it was the kind of thing where you wouldn't notice it because they were very detailed drawings. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't notice it unless you really kind of sat there and looked at it and you're like, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Now, now he works officially for Pokemon. <laughs> so I'm um, hoping in that movie yeah. <laughs> that we're just going to see Mewtwo fly away yeah. and just see it flopping about all yeah. over the place. <laughs> I want wall-to-wall Pokemon schlongs, you know? That's um, what I'm there for. <laughs> Yeah, and then also, yeah, I guess one of the the other thing about that is that they, originally they almost had Danny DeVito doing the voice of Pikachu, which would have made me enjoy it a whole lot more. Did they originally have that, 
or was that what people wanted? Because I remember seeing a lot of fans pushing for it. Well, apparently they said that, no, they did approach him or they'd consider it, but then they didn't do it. Because so, I imagine Danny DeVito would have been up for that. Yeah, he would, and like, it would have been. All the always sunny shit he does. Yeah. Like, he's a man just having fun yeah. at this point. That would have been a fine voice. I just don't like Ryan Reynolds. I'm not a big fan of him. But um, I can see why they went with him, but yeah. yeah. So one last, I, I've said this already, I've threatened it, but the last, last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, sarcastic Homer, who was in this episode, which is something that really does my nut in, to be honest. I just, I I think Homer should be, like, because watching the early episodes, just how like, he's like, you know, Father Dougal Maguire type mm. thing where it's like, just his brain is just, everything just rolls right over it. He's I, I think not, you know. a really important part of Homer, and you really got this a lot with a lot of the flashbacks from the earlier seasons. Yeah. There's like an innocence to Homer yeah. that I think is really important. Mm. And when you see him doing that sarcastic shit, it really kills that side of him. It kills any kind of likability the character yeah. has. Yeah. Because um, even, even like other stuff, do you remember the episode where Mar- where he gives Marge the bowling ball? Yeah, that's great. You could believe Homer would do that. Do and I think that? that's important, you know? My parents are always bringing that up. My mum in particular, every time I give a, a present to her that she thinks that I bought for myself, she'll just be like, oh, this is a real Homer Simpson bowling ball. And she doesn't know anything about pop culture. I mean, that's a great yeah. reference. It is really good. Um, and it's a really great moment in the episode as well where the ball drops out and destroys yeah. her cake on top of it. And it's got his fucking name in it, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember back in when the 300th episode, or was it, it must have been some anniversary, but... I, it was the first time that I'd ever seen any behind the scenes on The Simpsons. And I was like, I was quite young. I can't remember. But I remember they were, it was the first time I discovered that they were named after his family. And then they asked him like, what's, what is your dad's, like, does your dad mind being named after this character who's really stupid? And he's like, yeah, he doesn't care. The only part he cared about was when, um, do you know in the B-Sharps episode where Homer made Marge go and get a tire? <laughs> yeah. Apparently he was like, Oh, I didn't like that at all. Like they really like he should have gone for the tire. He shouldn't have let Marge do that. So I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that is but, funny. But uh but yeah, like you say, his selfishness, but also it's not like it's not out of like an intent, it's out of kind of an obliviousness. And yeah. when he is snarky or when he's in like and again mentioned go harken back to the H D intro, one of the things that happens is when Homer gets hit by a car, he goes straight through the wall. You know, like in the original one, he ran away from the car and ran through the door. But then this kind of like, they go, well, we learned from uh, the Springfield Gores that we, when Homer gets hurt, it's funny. And it's like, it's not that funny. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And also like the Springfield Gorge bit is yeah. horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of why it's funny. Yeah. Like they animated it like an actual person falling down a cliff <laughs> yeah. and like getting all bloody and fucked yeah. up. And now you have like, I remember the the trailer for the episode where he was on, sorry, for the trailer for the movie when he was on the wrecking ball between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And he's basically indestructible. Yeah. Like kind of, yeah. it takes the tragedy out of it. Yeah. And that's kind of what was so funny. Yeah. But this, I always remember the bit where Bart gets an older brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's fighting him in the aquarium. <laughs> and there's just this bit where like Homer kind of tips backwards and like, kind of cracks his back on a fire hydrant and it's awful looking yeah. and it was really funny but yeah. yeah but especially when he goes this is even more painful than yeah. it looks oh, it's just- that was a perfect like yeah exactly like because once he once he kind of becomes 
you know, too, like say indestructible then. And especially as well, when you consider episodes like where he gets the heart attack and stuff yeah. like that, like him being fallible. And then when he eats the fucking fish and he's poisoned, you know? Yeah. Oh God. That's like, yeah. that's not even that funny an episode. But yeah. It's a fucking great episode. Yeah. It's really but, good. Um, yeah. There has to be a, like a, a kind of mortality to Homer, I yeah. guess. Like, like, because he is just a kind of ordinary guy and that's yeah. really important. And yeah, that, He's just a weird gag vehicle yeah. in this episode. So, um, what would you give this out of? I don't know. What's the barometer we're going to Out of ten does? No, out of ten. Uh, no, what would you give this out of uh, eight fingers? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I I think I'd have to give it like a two. <laughs> two. Uh, like yeah. it's not maybe the worst episode. Mm. Like it's not quite like the Lady Gaga episode. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oof. It's a bad. It's pretty bad, but it's not like There's th- there was like one or two jokes where we were kind of like yeah, yeah right. I actually made a mention we, we both of us laughed at the same time at about nine minutes in I forgot to write down what the joke was <laughs> but I remember so that we were watching like, this episode yeah. just get ready for nine minutes in yeah be a barn burner nine minutes uh, it's a few seconds oh, I can't remember oh yeah that was I remember it now um he was like oh we're gonna serve a pint and then it's like do you mean a pint oh it's been so long since I've served a pint I forgot what it is I don't even deserve to be running this pube yeah that was good because so, like, there was yeah. a setup for that <laughs> yeah because they went for it and then they doubled back on it and it, yeah. was, it was clever and especially because it's already a word that is yeah. funny so you know what what do you think this episode deserves um well i mean there's what it actually deserves is less is more than i'm going to give it because uh, i'm just so upset that the the first episode in ireland that i i wanted for a while was such a dud you mm-hmm. know it was literally like as well, as well i know it like you shouldn't expect too much but some research into ireland would have been nice it would have been nice to look at something and go oh that's in dublin beyond you know? like wikipedia yeah yeah well there wasn't even like the spire do you know what i mean yeah like there wasn't like you're talking about they're doing a whole episode about how oh actually it's this new tech hub and it's reinvented itself and it's like you don't have any contemporary landmarks yeah. it's all just like these like weird looking buildings because they don't even look like anything like you'd see in the world yeah know? yeah also, there's no. There was a weird thing about it. I remember, and I still felt it with this, is that there's no scale to these episodes. Like you can always see the top of every single fucking yeah, building. Yeah, totally. And I was just thinking, like, why? I don't know why that really bugs me. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm literally going to give it either zero to one because it was like really on a personal level made me very upset. But um, but I think probably I if I was being uh, objective. I would probably give it about a two as well, something like that. Two. Yeah. Whistle while you work, okay? Okay. And the idea of it is um, mention one song and one podcast that you might listen to while you're drawing or while you're doing your thing. I mean... Oh, okay. So I can mention two if you want any time to... Okay, go for it. Thank you. I think, uh, okay, I'm trying to think of a podcast now because actually I, I didn't think of this one, but I'll say for my song, and I've changed it to a song instead of an album, which I did the last time, uh, Preacher by Girl Ray uh, is a great song. I really loved it and I've listened to that. As for podcasts, um, I don't think I talked about 
this podcast on on this on hack before but i've mentioned it before it's a, a podcast called michael and us have you heard of this one i don't think so there are these two canadian guys uh, luke savage and will sloan and um you know I just love podcasts where it's two people just having a conversation and chilling. And the the conceit of their podcast is that they started it off to watch every film in the Michael Moore oeuvre <laughs> and kind of talk about, you, you know, that. I don't know if you were like this, but when I was like in secondary school, I'd watch like Fahrenheit 9-11 or yeah. I'd watch like Bowling for Columbine and be like, there's stuff that the, the government's my, not telling my me. My eyes are yeah. open. Yeah. And I'd feel really clever and you watch Super Size Me and stuff like that. And and yeah, so they watch all of that kind of 2008 era stuff. Yeah. And uh, they just kind of, it is so relatable to me to hear them refer to like, oh, I can't believe I thought this was really profound. <laughs> and then the other thing that they do is they, they talk about contemporary politics and also them being Canadians. They also talk about Canadian politics, which is incredibly interesting. If God, you're, you yeah. Know, but, uh, but they do it in a very conversational, funny way. And uh, I'd really recommend getting on that one. And American Carol is one of the films they reviewed when they eventually moved away from Michael Moore because obviously they ran out pretty quickly. Mm. But um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's a, a Zucker Brothers film from the mid to, to late 2000s. Huh. And it's a parody of like, basically uh, the Zucker Brothers became, um, you know, they used to be kind of like whatever, you know, like... I think center left um, and then 9-11 happened and it just like they they basically became incredibly right wing and uh, right. one of the things that they have is it's it's a retelling of A Christmas Carol except with Michael Moore being taken throughout history by all of these famous Republican presidents and going look what you've done to America Mr. That's Moore so weird yeah so that was like one of the ones uh, that's well worth it they, they really get into it and you just like thank God I don't have to watch this <laughs> um, and they're a good length they're like 40 minutes long yeah. so i like that. that sounds cool yeah okay cool so have you thought of a song and uh, a podcast yeah um <clears throat> so i'm a big fan of like say 2000 era kerrang yeah like the mute <laughs> i'm i'm big into that era still i never left yeah. and um, a game i've been playing a lot recently is devil may cry 5 new devil may cry game mm. and that has a soundtrack that is just fields <laughs> from that era and particularly i have a song i love called devil trigger if you're not into that kind of stuff you will fucking hate this i apologize <laughs> i cannot help who i am yeah um and That's then great. in terms of a podcast it's actually a podcast i really love called something to wrestle with okay cool and it is basically about this former WWE creative who used to work in, you know, the World Wrestling Entertainment Company. And he mm. was one person who'd decide all the storylines. He'd work with a lot of the wrestlers and all this kind of stuff. And it's his kind of memoirs, basically, of like... So that's, so one thing they'll do is they'll take a wrestler, mm. like say someone like the big boss man from way back in the day. Yeah. And they'll go through his entire career and why they did this storyline, why this match ended like this. Don't know how interesting it'd be for non-wrestling fans, but I absolutely... I mean, love wrestling yeah and i just find it so fascinating well i don't know i'm not like a big fan of r wrestling itself but the idea of the management and the stuff that goes on in it and oh the it's, decisions. it's so weird yeah. and it's so good like it's just it's great like there there is um mark maron interviewed like cm punk one time oh cm punk there's yeah. an interesting character yeah but that was a very interesting because i mean like i don't it was interesting to get an alternate perspective on this because he kind of was like 
you know, I mean, I, I don't know how much to buy into what he says or whatever, but he at least was like a critical voice of this kind of massive machine. Well, did you wrestling. ever see the CM Punk pipe bomb? No. Oh, I don't even want to say just people, <laughs> people. Well, basically it's this, um, it, he came out on stage, he had a microphone yeah. and he just ran down all his real life issues with the WWE. Oh, wow. All the problems he was having. Just giving out about how he didn't have any shitty show on the USA Network referring to Total Bellas. Yeah. About how he doesn't appear on the programs of the Cups and all this kind of stuff. And it was, there was a realness to it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I fucking hate plugging my own videos. I have a video called Why Professional Wrestling is Fascinating oh, cool. and I would say people should check that out if they want to know why because to me it is one of the most bizarre interesting thing it just mm. landscapes in the world did you ever read that John Ronson article that he wrote about going to WWE I don't think so oh, it was really good I'll send it on to you but it was like that where he kind of was like very much on the outside and then he said that once he started watching it really getting into it then you know he would show they, him and his son went to the thing and he was like it was like reading meeting real life superheroes because they're like Actually, so impressive recently you know? did a video on the undertaker yeah an old wrestler and that's what i kind of said like you know i went to the undertaker was just this like superhero to me yeah but i actually went to arenas and shared a physical space with yeah him. yeah and yeah. that's what i think so interesting about wrestling because it sits at this weird border or like obviously it's not real obviously it's all choreographed mm. but it's also kind of more real than like coronation street yeah, yeah because these are actual people and it's very like, operatic and they're yeah. using a lot of times they're using their real names and then well in some instances um i guess i just thought batista maybe that's the only one who really uses yeah. the real name actually or whatever oh, but like a lot know, of them do yeah yeah but there's like a lot yeah. of them, if they're going to get their characters over with the audience yeah there has to be a kind of nugget of true identity in there yeah, like yeah. it has to be part of them because otherwise it just comes across as fake yeah yeah totally all right well that's great um and yeah i could actually talk even more about a little bit about wrestling the, the small bit that i know but honestly yeah. don't get me started <laughs> yeah no we've talked for too long but do you want to uh, uh i know you mentioned it earlier but like plug your uh pages one last time yeah and, sure yeah. you can find me on youtube at super eyepatch wolf and i also run the i also host the let's fight a boss video game podcast okay cool and uh, this is gareth Lyons speaking on behalf of hack incorporated uh, we're hack inc uh you can find us at, at we are hack inc on whatever all social media stuff and then info at we are hack inc.com and our website is www.wearehackinc.com um yeah so um whatever see you next time bye <laughs> Thank you.